0: SecondCityHockey.com. Here's
1: Marv LaGrone over the line, fire! Marv! Yeah! Marv! a hands it goal! Houston moving
2: right in along. and on the shot, but Marv did it again! University of North Dakota, Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the Jersey. Commit their people here. The, man,
3: Havla, the
1: shot, oh. back, back drives, it score! And now it's in the they score! It's it's, it. It. it's, it's, score. it's it. The Hawks win it's the it. Stanley Cup! The Hawks win the Stanley
2: Cup! And here comes Zebrook with a jump. he's
1: Welcome into another episode of Musings. I'm Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager here at Second City Hockey, and I've got my usual linemates with me this evening. But before we do, we have a very special song for this particular moment that I wanted to start, and I thought I was going to use last week, but we're going to use it tonight.
2: Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out in.
1: I'm guessing it's closing time on the uh, 2021 Blackhawks for, uh, despite their best efforts, it's, it's probably all over after that loss to the Lightning on Tuesday night here. Uh, but let's bring in the left group and we can talk all about that. Uh, first off, it is the analytic starling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price.
2: Hi. If uh, if last night's game made you sad because the score, but also Adam Boquist, uh, then like me and Jessica Day, it's time to listen to Taylor Swift alone.
1: <laughs> I was waiting to see where you were going to end up on that one.
0: (laughs) Always going to come back around to Taylor Swift, right? (laughs)
1: Always.
0: (laughs) Always. Oh, man.
1: Um, Good show, though. Really good show, by the way. Um, Also with us this evening, he is to Second City Hockey, what Chino Marino is to the deftones. It is Mil Savage.
3: Be quiet and drive.
1: Nice.
3: Also, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And then also with us this evening, it is the Boolean Wall of Text. And actually now the Boolean Wall of Gifts for Second City Hockey, it is Betsy slash LBR.
0: I didn't go listen to sad music, but I did finish watching Dawson's Creek, which is sad in its own way.
1: (laughs) I I don't know if I ever actually watched an entire episode of Dawson's Creek start to finish. Again, I think we had this discussion before. I'm not exactly in that demographic, but it was also like everywhere in the 90s. Go ahead. That?
3: That's the show that has Joshua Jackson on it. Yes, it yes. Is. yes. Mighty is. Ducks. Shout out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the minute they announced the Mighty Ducks like series, I was like, "It's trash" because it doesn't have Joshua Jackson in it. But it, like,
1: it does have Riley or Jonesy, one of those two from Letter Kenny, and I forget which is which, but the blonde one. So, so that should be good. Jonesy. Jonesy. I yeah.
3: liked it so far. I've watched the five
1: episodes.
0: I'm sure it's great. I was just playing. Like, I immediately was like, and now I'm gonna go watch Dawson's Creek. <laughs> But right. starting with season three, because that's when the stuff actually it becomes more about Pacey because they realize that Dawson, who the fuck cares?
1: <laughs> Do they have any of the original Mighty Ducks players in the new show? Yeah, uh, yeah. He confirmed that they're gonna
0: make
3: a, like a cameo, but he didn't say what episode. Emilio Estevez. I mean, he said so.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: They. I think they've had they've had promotional shoots of like the original cast in like the, the original Greens. Uh, Sweaters, too.
1: Yeah, there was a, a picture going around. of It was like Fulton Reed and I think uh, Adam... Averman
0: Bank. and yeah. Julie.
1: And it just oh, made... was it really, Julie? It was
0: the other girl. Really,
1: really... Connie Moreau?
0: Yeah, Connie. My girl.
3: Oh. God, they're just like the Blackhawks. They just keep bringing people back. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Past> their prime... <laughs>
1: Way to way to bring up the perfect segue, Mel. No, nice. That's that's again. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Um. So yeah. Again, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the reason we're gathered. Well, not the reason we're gathered because this is what we kind of do here. But we're gathering at 24 hours after, for all intents and purposes, the Hawks season is pretty much over. The playoffs are not going to happen anymore after they lost to the Lightning and all the other things the Predators and Stars are doing. It's all done. Um. And it ended with um. Quite the deflating loss like I know it's the lightning I know there's they're defending cup champions but I kind of hope the Hawks will put up a little bit more of a competitive game in that one um but so here we are it is nice that it is we got almost to the end of April with competitive Blackhawks hockey in 2021 which I think is a lot farther than most of us thought although there was a good chunk of time where we really it really seemed like the Hawks were going to be a playoff team this year so I'm um, just kind of gauging what all of your reactions are to the news that the Blackhawks are not going to be in the playoffs this year. Shepard, we can start with you.
2: Yeah, develop talent, play Kershev more. Uh, If, with Boquist down and Connor Murphy tooling around, uh, I think time to bring Mitchell and Bodan back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in terms of the goaltending, because that was atrocious on Tuesday night, uh, it's time to, See what Colin Delia can do.
1: Oh, oh uh, no! Four months later, now we.
2: Can't. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Go back to. It, it can't get worse. They both had sub 800 save percentages on Tuesday. Those, those are tragic numbers, and um, Delia can't be worse.
1: Oh, don't don't tempt fate like that, Shepard. He only, I mean, he hasn't played in the NHL in three months, so. Got. He hasn't
2: played, He hasn't even played for like Rockford in three yeah. in two months so, now. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Still. Uh, I'd still, I'd still rather trust him to play on Thursday than either of the other two.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's about where we are. Mill, what are your thoughts?
3: Uh, well, the the black funeral attire jerseys were appropriate this week for their death. <laughs> um, but uh, in all seriousness, in all seriousness I, mean, I mean, play the kids, play the kids. and I don't know, give some oh, guys a night off. night off, get a healthy you're scratch off. for Keith or Kane or whoever doesn't want to play. Let them sit for a little bit. Give them a vacation. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, they're going to have about a five-month vacation here pretty soon. but Not long enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Betsy, Bet- Bet- what are your thoughts?
0: I mean, so going into the season, nobody thought this team was going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. And I guess it's great that they were. But every, like anybody who knew anything new regression was coming. Like, it might not – we were all hoping that it would happen in the playoffs so they could at least get that experience, but – that was like, I think I used the phrase, it's like the T-Rex in the rearview mirror. Like it was always there. <laughs> and this time, unfortunately they got caught. So it's disappointing, but it's not unexpected. I just don't like how it happened. I, it felt, like you said, it felt very deflated um, instead of at least fighting to the end. It, they're obviously trying. It's just not, it's still not working and nothing is getting better really on a team levels. And that's what I wanted from the season. And so that's a disappointing, that's more disappointing than them actually missing the playoffs to me. So I'm hoping for the end of this little end, be better in general, like try your best, just finish on a good note. That's all I really want in on a positive note with as a team, not just individual players.
1: Yeah. Cause that's, I remember we had, this conversation came up within the last month or two where I said, if the Hawks didn't make the playoffs, I was going to be disappointed. And here we are. And I, I think I'm still a little bit disappointed because of just how much of a lead I, they had a decent lead over Nashville for a while. And I, and I think what you said, Betsy think about the way that they ended up losing the playoff spot. And most notably that from the, uh, March 27th till, uh, let's see, look at this, March, uh, April 23rd. So within the last month, they had six games against Nashville and lost five. of them. That really just kind of just kick right in the groin. Like, because Nashville's not good.
3: They, they would have taken 50 or they gave them 15 out of 16 points.
1: Yeah, I, I don't understand. The, the whole thing with Nashville this year, I think, is the big takeaway for me because you win just like – two or three of those games and they're probably still right in the thick of the playoff race right now, as we're talking. Um, and there's, you know, you can go back and all the other games that they, they lost in the last second or whatever, but just something about the, you had every opportunity to at least make this more interesting. And every time the Hawks had the chance to had a game that the stakes were a little bit higher, they fell apart in it. And you know we talked about how bad the March schedule was going to be but then we all kind of agreed like oh yeah like the the April schedule is going to be a little bit softer and maybe a chance to come back and they never really came back like they just kind of floated through the rest of the schedule like I guess they they won three or four for a bit beating Columbus twice and Detroit once but and then they lost two or three to Nashville and that was the end of it so I don't know I just I, I feel I still feel like this team underperformed this season Rebuild whatever the hell it's called. I still feel like this team left wins on the table and I can't shake that feeling.
2: I think it'd be a lot easier to swallow them missing the playoffs if they had done the stated intention before the season and developed talent. Cause again, we always talked about how they should give them time. They might play the kids. They never did. Jeremy Carlton never came around to giving Phil Koreshev more minutes or Putting Mitchell it, and Bodan back in the lineup, or I mean, like, I don't want to say even Boquist was playing less time than he should have
1: been. I don't want to say they never did because well, I, I just by the way they reshaped the roster in the off season, like they forced the young kids into the lineup because they got rid of a lot of the veterans and plenty, a, a lot of young guys got playing time, but they certainly could have gotten more. Shepard, I think to your point, I, I think they definitely could have played young guys more, and I think there's some young guys who were probably worthy of more playing time. And there was also the elements of when games were had a little bit of a higher stakes involved, they just, like, played Kane 25 minutes. I'm like, I get what you're – I know you want to win this game, but if your stated goal at the start of the season was to develop players, isn't this the kind of game you want to develop a player with?
0: Yeah, you have to put them in those situations for them to learn anything. Yeah, that's – And I think that's what why we were disappointed. Put – like every time they'll be like, somebody will be like, but he put them out on OT, you know, in overtime. And you're like, a few times. And look at that. They scored pretty much every time they were put out there. So yeah, that, maybe do
1: that last overtime win was what? Doc or is it Hagel, Henistrosa, and Doc? Were those the three on? Yeah. It was three rookies on the line, on the ice.
3: I think it was Those or possession drivers. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, like there, there were definitely moments of, of the kids doing the things. But I don't know. It just, it's it's like I, I can I can accept some of the progress, but like to to your point, Shepherd, I think there was more progress to be made, and I think there was more games to be won out of this group. And, and so I'm just kind of, it's it's unfulfilling. I think is the way I would describe this season. Like there's some there's some good you can point to, but it's an overall just not quite there for me. There, there a lot of. Oh, sorry, God.
0: I was just gonna say that there were some people that were also like, "Well, they're better record-wise than they were last year." No, they're not. <laughs> well, they're and not. This,
1: and and I I would have a hard time comparing records anyway, just because of how weird the schedule is this season. No. You're only playing, you're not getting a representative sample of the league. So
0: exactly. And on top of that, we really shouldn't be judging this type of season on record. But if you're gonna throw that out there, I'm going to smack it down and say, no, they're not. <laughs> they're like
1: that's why (laughs) that's why you're the second city hockey bull and wall yeah
3: i think uh having a schedule against the same teams too and showing kind of how they played the same teams after so many times it's like i got a headache trying to figure out how mitchell and bodan couldn't crack the lineup against such a fast nashville team
1: and i guess the other thing about that is it it's kind of a precursor to should the hawks make the playoffs like next season If you get a seven game series against the same team, you have some pretty good evidence from this season that in in game adjustments may not be the strong suit of this coaching staff. And when you get into a seven game player series, there's little between game adjustments you can make to give your team an advantage. And yeah, you can do the math there. So while we're all on kind of a somber note, uh, let's get to some worse news. Uh, which is that Alex, Alex, Adam Boquist broke his wrist on Tuesday night and is out for the rest of the season. It's only seven games and he's young and young bones tend to heal quickly. As we learned with Kirby doc from his injury last December, which uh, I assume, well, like I'm not in uh, a medical doctor or a physical or athletic trainer of any sort, but my understanding is that, like, there's a lot of bones in the wrist slash hand area to be broken So just because they each fractured a wrist doesn't mean it was the same injury, but uh, don't quote me on that. But anyway, the point being, uh, I don't think this is going to impair Boquist's ability to be ready for the next season, but it does take away seven games where Boquist was one of the few delights to watch this season, and now you don't have that for the next seven games. So how much does that suck?
2: It's brutal. <laughs> yeah, I don't think these next seven games we're, were gonna be great in the first place, but yeah.
0: Who we wanted him to be one of the people playing 20 to 22 minutes a night, getting yep. that like last end of the experience. And Boquist was actually at least um more in the last little while. It took too long, but he was getting <laughs> like 20 minutes a night, which was good to see. He really should have been getting that earlier because right after he came back from COVID, he was like on fire and he should have been ramped up sooner. Um, but whatever, that's (laughs) the only good, the only good news that came out today is that they did say, uh, that he, they don't think he's going to need surgery. I Uh, think Colleton said that, um, they don't think so. So at least it means that it's probably not a complicated break, um, which hopefully is good news.
3: Not the surgery; it's the work effort, <laughs> Doctor Colleton. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ, Mill. <no. laughs> Mill, server. Do you guys have anything else to add, other than that sucks that Bokos is hurt?
2: Yeah, uh, he was one of their he, he was one of their better defensemen in a year in a year where they don't have many great defensemen, and so be prepared to see the Blackhawks allow like fifteen high danger chances against a game.
1: And not generate any of their own.
2: Uh, generate like eight.
0: <laughs> yeah. totally. <ten laughs>
1: We'll
3: push some uh I'll just say they've had so many injuries on the back end in the last couple weeks it's actually kind of freaky so hopefully you know nobody mm-hmm. else gets hurt Mitchell and Bodan will probably see some minutes which is good and Boquist is on my at the top of my next jersey buying list there's only two guys on it but he's number one
1: <laughs> who's number two
3: uh Wyatt Kalanuck as soon as he gets a good number
1: okay fair enough <laughs> um but yeah the the Boquist news is really a bummer um that's And it's just, you're trying these last seven games and actually this is a rant. I I was, I still might write about this for a full length article at secondcityhockey.com, but I hate this time of year on the sports calendar. This is my least favorite part is where your team is eliminated from playoff contention. And so you're just kind of watching them play out the rest of the schedule. Like I just, I I have such a hard time drawing any type of excitement for any of these games because yeah. Player development's cool. I get that. Like there's some, you know, maybe some cool goals will happen, but the entire point of being a sports fan is that you have the hope that your team can compete for a championship. How realistic those goals, uh, those dreams are or not. And we're not going to have Hawks games where we can envision that thing for another six months now, because it won't happen till next season. So I just, I hate this. That's my rant. Thank you for coming to my No, it,
3: It's a good point. Cause like, even though they probably shouldn't have made the playoffs had there been an 82 game season last year, those Edmonton. And well, Vegas games were frustrating, but those Edmonton games were actually the most fun we had all year. I'd say.
1: Oh yeah. I, I had, I remember hopping on Twitter after the Hawks knocked Edmonton out of the playoffs and there was just all of this, like, you know, maybe if they Corey Crawford gets hot against Vegas and, you know, you, Patrick Kane goes off for a few games. I'm not saying it's going to happen or that I'm optimistic, but you never know. Crow got him one. Yeah. And just that, that little, little bit of hope that like, no matter how lopsided it looks on paper, that little bit of hope is kind of in my eyes, the whole reason you're a sports fan. And uh, we don't have that for six more months. So that kind of sucks. But being a fan of like Chicago sports in general, I think I'm pretty used to this feeling. So, Mm Um, Good so, yeah. stuff. well, while we're on, uh, since so we're just on all the exciting topics, uh, Andrew Shaw announced on Monday that his hockey career is over. Um, which I, it's like, it's, it's like the kind of bittersweet thing where you want to Andrew Shaw, like it's, he's only 29 years old. So it's kind of crazy that he's hanging it up at a relatively young age, but you can also appreciate the fact that he's making the what should be the better move for him in terms of long-term health and for his family and all that. So that's, and he also, he won two cups. He played in a whole bunch of games. He made a whole bunch of money. He's probably set up pretty well for the rest of his life. Even if he had the game of hockey taken away from him at a younger age than he probably would have liked. But um, so I, I guess the main thing I will just throw it out is just any favorite Andrew Shaw moments or instances or memories or anything else you have.
2: I will say I don't think this is the game of hockey being taken away from him. He seems very much like a guy who could end up coaching,
1: right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, well, I guess like being able to play at a professional level. I guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because that's still, it's something you
1: really you can coach, but it's 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 still not quite the same as being the guy coming over the boards. I'd imagine. Not not that yeah. I know. My my professional hockey career did not last long. Zero games. <laughs> but, sorry, Shepard. Go on.
2: Yeah, the headbutt goal I think is the best. It's gonna sound like a hot take Best non-goal of all time
0: Yeah it should be allowed
1: I really <laughs> I really wish it was like I, I I understand why It's campy but as soon as that happened I'm like I just remember like everybody I no one had seen anyone Do that before like intentionally. And then I just Is there a rule against that I'm like It doesn't I'm sure it doesn't specifically Say headbutt but I'm like you can't
3: Well it's like a kick
1: yeah you can't you can't do that i mean i'd be okay if they adopted it i don't imagine it's going to happen many more times
3: had he not gamed with his head and deflected it would have been a goal funny enough
0: well i don't think he would have it would have gone in if he had right right
3: totally no for sure (laughs) i'm actually
0: surprised we haven't ever seen more of that with how much hockey players like to play soccer ahead of time Mm -hmm. yeah Um, i they've i've heard players say that when they're deflecting pucks, like, they're, like, they'll move their skate a little bit. They can't help it because they're just used to playing, like, they're trying to kick a ball, and they're, like, oh, it's the same thing, so they have to almost, like, try to turn that off when they're playing hockey, (laughs) and I was, like, that's a really interesting, that you, like, way to do it, but I still think it should count. I don't even, I don't think it's the same as kicking, exactly, but... Just for the cool factor. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, my, as soon as I saw that goal, I'm like, even if it's illegal, that should count because it's awesome. I was I just really pissed
0: was on the bit, bench too. Cause they were all like, he had put it in. Does that count? And like Andrew Sean, <laughs> they're like, what does it probably maybe?
3: <laughs> I was just pissed because then when they called it off, I'm like, this game's going forever.
1: <laughs> it was like in, in overtime, right? It was like three two or three overtimes. Yeah, it was. That was a long night. And I. Kruger you know, scored that? later and won. That's right. It was the. Where I think. Uh, is that the one where Seabrook one time the puck out of the air? And, Kruger was like on the and, like left wing. And it just happened to hit Kruger and go into the net. I'm pretty sure Seabrook hit it out of midair. It was one of the coolest yeah. Brent Seabrook moments. Sky Point, Brent Seabrook's hockey career.
0: That's.
1: <laughs> I think that was another thing from Shaw, uh sightings career was over was it's just another guy that you watched for the last decade. And I know Shaw was in Montreal for a while, but it's just kind of, man, you're the the band's really breaking up. Like we lost, you know, you lost the drummer and the bassist. I think we just, Shaw might be closer to a roadie than anybody actually in the band, but he was still there. He was still on the tour. So
3: I think yeah. Shaw um, has two underrated moments too. He beat Chris Kelly in the faceoff dot in their own zone in Game Six to set up their final win against the Bruins. Okay. And Shaw's not notably like a center or great in the dot, so that was like a huge pressure moment that he came through on. And uh, also, uh, in a weird way, thanks for having getting overpaid by Montreal because we got Alex to brink it. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Thanks, the- Shaw. The Andrew Shaw trade to Montreal brought back Alex to which which uh,
3: goes in took the, one for the team.
1: Yeah, that goes in the W column for Stan Bowman, Well, because there's there's plenty hanging in the L's that we uh, hear about all the time, but like that that was a pretty good one, uh, including
2: a Montreal trade that same year. <laughs> oh, and Shaw
3: was on the best line of all time in 2014 against the Kings with Kane and Saab. Oh, oh, yeah. oh
1: yeah, okay. That that. Yeah. Line, think, oh. uh, so go ahead, back.
0: I was just going to say, I wish they had been put together sooner, because it was weird, because they actually had played a lot of that season together, because Kane kept double-shifting away from Hansus. Um so his actual, like, most common line-mates were Shaw and Saad, because that was the year that um, the Red Wedding line was together, Sharp. Yes. Dave.
1: Red Wedding line.
3: <laughs> that Red Wedding line was, oh, they, they tilt the fucking eyes.
0: Right. Oh, so it's
3: in my and veins.
0: <laughs> and they played very well together, just not it wasn't, like, a f- consistent line. Like, they weren't out there all the time together. So, yeah, when they got put together and it was just, like, an instant click, it was like, oh, chef's kiss, you know?
3: Oh. That uh, game six goal, I think it was, where Kane circled around everybody and then put it in. I'll never forget that. My uncle texted me, right? It was just Kane is a motherfucker, period. I was, I'm just,
1: I, I was at a bar just yelling, do something cool, do something cool, and then he scored. That was And crazy. then that,
2: the, the immortal line of I love shin pads and then getting an, F, <laughs> getting an F-bomb away on national television uh, at, <laughs> yeah. when he was with the Cup. And then finally the, the Twitter war between him. And I think Brian, it's either Luchich or it's Marchand. I remember it being Marchand. It was Luchich, wasn't it?
1: I forgot all about the Twitter war.
3: That's, that's Hey, Dave, do you remember the storm we had here that night, the game one?
1: Was that all right, for the Boston series? Yeah. Wasn't, no, it was game six. It was the night they no.
3: we It was game one because my cable went out. Uh, We bought it. We bought a brand new TV for the final and I had to watch the first five periods on a cell phone.
1: (laughs) I was not in town. I was, I was at a casino in Minnesota watching that game.
3: Oh, good for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I gave up on blackjack to watch the Hawks in the playoffs, but it I, it was it was a good it was good for me and for my bank account. But uh, going back to Andrew Shaw, the other thing that I I might do remember was the 2013 Cup final when they won and he had his face busted open in, in, during the game. Or I think it, it was busted open the game before.
0: No, and, it was that game.
1: Or okay, but so like all the photos of him lifting the cup, he's got the blood streaking down his face, and the Hawks were wearing their road whites at that game. So every single player that was getting interviewed had a little red spot on like their left peck from hugging Shaw and him bleeding on their jerseys.
0: Oh, uh, I rem- I just remember him. Ke- he kept getting thrown off the ice cause he was bleeding too much. Yes, And he, yes. Kept, being like, he kept wiping it off and coming back on and being like, stop throwing me out. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean,
1: the, I can't like, stop. And the refs are like, stop bleeding on me.
0: <laughs> I don't know why they don't put band-aids over like, bleeding cups, they'll, like, staple them together but then won't put adhesive over them or something to, like, prevent them from leaking.
2: I, I think if the Band-Aid gets on the ice, that's going to cause a problem. Yeah, and they can probably sweat
3: Uh-oh, it off.
0: that's true. Yeah, if it falls off, yeah, you can always. We're
1: knowing thing.
3: Shaw, it'll fly off somehow.
1: So thank you to Andrew Shaw for, uh, reinventing the way that the NHL handles face wounds. For everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Shaw was the guy that he would drive you crazy with his offensive zone penalties, but then he'd also, like, forecheck his ass off, win a puck, and score a goal, and you'd be like, all right, we can deal with it. He
3: had enough game to balance out the, like, crazy, dumb stuff because yeah. he wasn't, like, just a wild guy he could play. so And he was
1: an ultimate underdog story. He, like, got passed over twice, worked his ass off, got drafted. It was, like, fifth or sixth round and debuted the same night as Jimmy Hayes against the Flyers and got a goal in a fight. Like, he he uh, like of like pro athletes that you can respect for how much they work to get to where they are. I think Andrew Shaw is a pretty good indication of that. Like he had to work for everything he got as a professional hockey player. And I think anybody, any reasonable, reasonable person should be able to at least respect that. Well said.
0: Yep. Yep. Here, here.
1: So uh, I think that'll wrap up uh, all that stuff and Hope I mean I don't know what good stuff we have to talk about, but we do have some other Blackhawks things to talk about. And we're gonna take a quick time out, come back on the other side of this break, and we're gonna talk about them. So uh come on back for that. Welcome back to Musings on Madison, and as we promised before the break, we wanted to take a quick look ahead and just look at the rest of the schedule because the Hawks do have seven games remaining this season and We're going to watch them because, you know, it's still kind of a pandemic. Well, I shouldn't say kind of. It's still a pandemic. You can't really do quite as much as you wanted to do. We can't go to the game, so we got to watch them on TV. And the Hawks got some games, so uh, I'm sure the people listening to this and as well as the people talking, uh, we're going to pay attention. So they got Florida on Thursday night at the United Center and then Florida again on Saturday night, also at the United Center. Three against Carolina and then two against Dallas, and then we're all done. So – Shepard, Betsy Mill, any of you guys want to take this? Just what are some things that you are going to be watching for in these final seven games of the Blackhawks season?
2: Uh, I, okay, I'll, I'll start. Uh, Goaltending <laughs> needs like, to rebound. Nothing, huh? <laughs> yeah, goal tending, the goaltender needs a rebound. Um, Kevin Lankinen and Malcolm Sue need, pro- need to prove that they can be better, uh, especially going into next season when they're probably expected to be the starting battery.
1: I'm glad you said that, Shepard, because that's one thing that I feel like we might have been glossed over in the last week. Uh, Neither Subban nor Lankinen has been all that good. And that's, it's a little concerning that in some of the bigger stakes games of the season, the goalies weren't there. Like we can, we talk a lot about the skaters and the possession numbers and everything else that's been bad for the Hawks, but the goalies have been pretty good most of the season. And then all of a sudden they weren't. It could be a byproduct of a, Condensed schedule and maybe the, the heavy
0: workload
1: the, he- the, yeah, the heavy workload. So I'm not saying I'm hitting the panic button, but it just, it, it raises an eyebrow a little bit that that happened. Sorry, shepherd. Continue.
2: Yeah. And it, it I think it kind of, it kind of helps that like Subban was better once he like got it. He came in cold and got better over over the course of the game, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, golden needs to improve the defense. Even without Boquist needs to be better um than they were Tuesday Tuesday night. Uh offense keep producing. Four goals is usually gonna be enough to, for you to win, win a game. Um so keep doing what the offense is doing. Uh they're and sign Vinny has struggles soon. Yeah.
1: Oh okay. I, I I'm interested to see what happens with him because I, I assume he's gonna be back with the way he's played in the last two to three weeks. So I mean they'd be he's probably, he's not going to command a huge salary, sign him for one, probably two years at the most, or just, you know, I he's, I don't know if he's a restricted free agent or unrestricted. I should probably know that, but I don't. Um, but either way, I'm sure Vinny has done enough to get a second look or I guess a third look at this point. I don't know, but he's he's certainly done enough to warrant being back to the team next season. And he's an unrestricted free agent, by the yeah. way. Betsy Mill, what about you guys? Anything else you're going to be keeping an eye on for the last couple of weeks here? I love
0: you. You want to go? Sure. I was, I mean, I've already talked about it. I just really want it to end on a positive note where as a team they've improved. I would love if they could get their expected goals against down. Like the amount of quality shots they've allowed recently. Like um, even in the the Tampa game, they – technically won the shots battle, the shot attempt battle. I think they had like 51, 52% of the shots, but they were all from the outside. They couldn't get inside at all. And they did a terrible job of preventing the from Tampa from getting on the inside. I would like them to protect the house a little bit better, like try your best um, to help out your goaltenders while they're str- like not at their best, you know, just seven games, Protect your goaltenders a little bit better. Build that for the next year. Just do better.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I build agree
2: with better, but, Yeah, sorry.
3: <laughs> I was just going to say, I agree with both of you guys. Um, my only thing I want to see is let the kids play more minutes, like we've always been saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, Henness has been a spark plug. Uh, Hagel's been great. Let those guys play a little bit on the power play. They've been busting ass. Um, mm-hmm. Doc, Kershaw, Suter, and uh, and the last game. Even though I think I'm fully convinced Colleton will be back, I'm going to listen to see if they play Pearl Jam. Jeremy, because <laughs> they do I, play a lot of it.
1: <laughs> I've wanted to like reference that song in a lot of headlines and various things, but just like the lyrical content of that song, I'm like, I don't think we can do this. It's not. A yeah, good.
3: no, we don't <laughs> want to get into that part of it. Just the yeah. title.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, for the song, yeah, it would work. Um, I think my, my biggest thing is kind of what Betsy said is, like, you have seven games left. Like, if they lay seven eggs and get their asses kicked for the Lex, like, they do pl- I mean, they play good teams. Uh, F- Florida, Carolina, and Dallas could very well be three playoff teams. There are at least two there. Dallas is the only one that's a question mark. And they might be in the playoffs by the time they play them because it's the last few games of the season. But they – you need to – you you've had all this development, all these good things have happened. You can really fuck up a lot of that in seven games. Um, like there's I I just I we'll get into this more in the offseason. I'm I'm of the mindset now that like this rebuild is just about done. Like you have to start winning next season. Because if you don't start winning next season, you become the Buffalo Sabres or the Detroit Red Wings and you're just going to be hovering around the bottom of the league for the next decade. And we don't want that. So, and I think it starts now, like this is where you have to be a professional and show up for these last seven games, even though they mean nothing in the standings, all these guys have contracts to play for. They have, maybe they have incentives to hit there's reasons to be playing these seven games and everybody needs to show up and play, but yeah, play the game. Build it, build, Go ahead, Yeah. Start. Especially,
2: Build a better defensive culture, and I think that starts with the the kids, cool. because four four of them are going to be crucial to the Blackhawks' defensive future.
1: Culture is the word. Like I, it's a yeah, it's an intangible thing, so it's hard to put numbers and, and things on it. But I, you, I, I don't think anybody here can question that the Hawks had a winning culture in the first half of the last decade. I feel like that culture has disappeared, or at least at 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 minimum, it is not as good as it used to be. And the way you kind of start building that up is when games that may not matter, you still play like it matters. So uh, the next week and a half, we can, we can learn something about this team. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I think, I, I, yeah Cause you, you, okay. you, all of us talk,
2: you do have those, Yeah, you have four, you have four blue liners that need to learn the culture though, too. There's, Cause Stillman, Mitchell, Bodan, and Kalanuk are all probably going to be with this team in two
1: years. Betsy, you had something else to add?
0: I was just going to say that um, there was a whole lot of talk about the buy-in at the beginning of the season. And I was like, it's really easy to buy into something when you're winning. Even right. if that, that winning is a mirage based on unsustainable shooting percentage on the power play and goaltenders. Um, they need to build a culture that will last through slumps and come out just as good on the other side. Because even like 2000 and 15 had some some slumps um but they obviously worked it out. So you can't the culture can't just be when you're winning you're happy. It has to be even in your losses you played well and then you'll get back to winning. That's something they haven't learned yet.
1: Right.
3: Yeah, that was a big thing. I mean, think of even 2012 they lost 9 in a row and they still went into the playoffs like okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was their culture for I a long time.
1: Forgot about that nine-game losing streak. That was I
3: did victory laps around my subdivision when they <laughs> finally won against New York. Torts was having a meltdown. Oh. Yeah, Torts. Good times.
1: And, and, and funny how things nine years later, Torts is kind of doing the same thing, isn't he?
3: He wants to get fired. <laughs> Hopefully, Tabe's coming back. Hopefully, he will come back. Hopefully, that'll help that room a lot, too.
1: Yeah, you guys laugh, but then the Hawks will fire Colleton and hire Tortorella, and then we're all gonna throw ourselves into Lake No, nah,
3: I'm good. I'm good with
2: that. <laughs> he'll hold him uh, accountable. No. He'll hold him accountable. I'm very, I'm very good with with Colleton getting fired, but Gerard Gallant is like Seattle's apparent apparently interested in people like Rod Brindamore, so Gerard Gallant's still out there. I'm like, with
3: you on Gallant.
2: I just don't mess around. Like, I mean, like, even if uh,
3: I don't think torts is the right fit, but I'm just saying, over Colleton, no. he'll he'll you know if you do if you fuck up, you're getting stable to the bench. I think there's 30
2: NHL coaches better than Jeremy Carlton.
0: Mm.
2: Well, we I all to name them, but,
1: but a, 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 I'm not sure I care. And B it's like, that's the, I, I'd be impressive. You could do all 30, but I don't Me know. and,
3: and Shepard have been talking about this all year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know we I don't, I don't think we have to make our uh, our opinions of the coaching staff known much more. I think we've been, we've been pretty con- consistently clear on how we feel about all that. Um, yeah. So with that, we're gonna quickly shift to uh, some questions from the ACH commentary and uh, frequent commenter Bmac2 has a question. Uh, one's about the off season, and we're we're gonna do off season stuff. We'll, we'll have time to get to off season stuff about free agent signings. Although uh, he asked about like priority guys of signing, and Hinostratus is on the list of, of his questions. And I think we'd all back up like, yeah, he should probably be high up on the list. So we'll give you that, and we'll dive into that more later. But um, The first question from BMAC I was intrigued by, so we're going to throw this out to the panel and see what happens. Uh, It's been apparent in a few series this season that teams are willing to take liberties against the Hawks with hits that are sometimes questionable in the whole Connor Murphy helmet saga. Do you guys think this is a product of them uh, thinking there are no repercussions coming from the Hawks on the physical side because, in parentheses, they're not built that way, or they're not scared of the power play, or is it a combination of things? And I'm curious what you guys think about that question.
2: Uh, hmm.
0: I don't think anybody takes more liberties with the Blackhawks than they do with other teams. I, I mean, I watch a lot of like Canes games. They get hit a lot. I watch, um, I watch a lot of the sou- Southern teams cause I get Fox sports South. Um, but I, I just, I don't really think there are that many extra liberties. Mm. Nashville took a lot of liberties with Connor Murphy um, that's true, but they also did the same helmet grab thing against the Canes. So again, I don't think it was necessarily so, a Black Fox thing.
1: Is that is that like that helmet snatching? Like we talked about that a little bit here, but is that a Nashville thing that they're apparently just ripping people's helmets off?
0: I actually, Nashville's the only team I try not to watch. To watch <laughs> they are
1: they are boring as hell. So that's that's fair. Like
0: of the ones that pop up on Fox Sports South all the time, that's not the one that I. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let me go do something. Let me go watch something on an illegal channel here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it was weird that like, all of a sudden, like it wasn't a problem all season long. Then in two straight games against Nashville, all of a sudden Connor Murphy's helmet is getting knocked off. And maybe it was just a freak accident twice in a row, but. You
0: know, it was you know. intentional. They yeah, did it against yeah. the for sure. And they did it against the stars. I think too is what I was reading on um defending the big, what it, Oh my gosh. Defending Infinity. 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 yeah um like my brain was like you're not saying that right now all we're uh,
1: doing is just adding giving me more reasons to hate the predators and i'm here for it
0: but i don't actually know if it's like uh something they've done all season or if it's just something they started doing or what but it seems intentional i w- it would be interesting to see if the on the forecheck people thought it was because they'd be biased but maybe they'd be honest because it looks obvious.
1: <laughs> it it's just it,
0: it raised an eyebrow for sure. It happens too often for it not to be obvious. Yeah.
1: I wanna And I like, thought
2: the Blackhawks right. have somebody on the roster who should be the one responsible for taking care of extra liberties, but he's, he hasn't done that all the time. Zador <laughs> Is he
1: is he a, but he's not really a fighter, is he?
2: He 's fought and he 's big and he's, he loves he's, to hit people, yeah he, well, looks, he looks capable of taking of defending himself in a fight. They're, the the black guys don 't have a Ryan Reeves, but like Zadorov is the closest thing you get no, so a, yeah, I just wanted to throw out the, oh, to the overall thing, kind of
3: not just the helmet, because I watched so many different teams getting the package. Red ass players are always like that that 's just how <laughs> certain guys are, and some teams have that mentality as a team. I don't think it has anything to do with guys not stepping up because number one, every time the Hawks have gotten into some kind of scrum, somebody stepped up, be it to bring it or whoever. Right. But number two, like that's just not a thing in hockey. Like, Oh, well they're not going to defend themselves. So we're going to kick their ass. Like, no, it's just guys being red ass garbage sons.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I garbage sons reminds me of the one, the, uh, the foot. Well, I was going back to Max Domi from a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He's he said, so kind Murphy should be embarrassed and then Max Domi got his ass scratched the next game. Like that's, that that's good for you, Max, but that's how the league is now. I mean, no, you gotta be able to play. Absolutely. Like I, I think that, yeah, the, your point mill about there. It's like, it's not like, it's not an intentional thing that the, the teams are saying, well, no one on the Hawks is going to fight us. So let's go kick their Let's go start some shit. I don't think that's the case of it, but I do think there is, there are probably teams where coaches say, don't end up in the box because these guys have a lights-out power play, and the Hawks did have that earlier in the season, so maybe, I, I don't know, we have correlation and causation here, but the Hawks did have a very good power play at the start of the season, so maybe that was, that. was that's the only thing I can see where coaches would tell players don't go taking stupid penalties because this team's going to hurt us. And that was actually one of the Hawks' biggest strengths and why they always beat Vancouver back in the day because the Hawks had an awesome power play at that time. And when Vancouver would take all their stupid penalties, the Hawks would just light them up on the scoreboard.
3: Dave, I want to throw something back to something you said earlier in the podcast. These teams are playing each other, you know, so many times only playing against seven other teams eight times in a season some guys are going to start running at guys they're having problems with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's th- this season it there's a there's a lot of things that are going to happen this season that are going to be hard to like you look back I like you almost have to look at it with an asterisk cuz the season's so weird. It's a condensed schedule, you're only playing seven other teams, no fans, like it's it's not like, they're going to give someone a Stanley Cup at the end of it, but I don't know if it's going to necessarily be a representative sample of what a, quote, normal season is like. So it's hard to draw too many significant conclusions from what you're seeing. And I, I think it's it's something like, if we get into next season and there's teams still, like, you know, non-divisional foes start running players randomly, then maybe you can put some stock in it. But I, I think, to your point, Mill, I think it's just – it's it's a combination of airing of grievances that have piled up over the months and um, hockey players just being hockey players. So,
3: yeah. Last year you should get an asterisk too because the Stanley Cup was won in Canada with no Canadian teams in the final. <laughs> I'm just, stuff.
1: I'm waiting to see what Toronto's going to do to to ruin it because I just I can't be convinced that they're good. I mean, no. I mean they'll, they'll win the North, they'll probably come out of it, but. I just, I don't know. Every time I look at that blue line, it's just like, it just doesn't, just doesn't do it for me.
3: I've been watching a lot of Winnipeg and I think that they're more scary than Toronto.
1: Yeah. Winnipeg's all, Ellers, who's gone
2: now, and Hellebuck, though. Yeah. yeah, but but I mean, in that division, just saying, like,
3: I think in the seven game series, Toronto has a lot of room to shit the bed against another Canadian team.
0: I, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, hey. I hope, I hope Kerry Price finds whatever horseshoe he used to have up his ass for a little while <laughs> That's for a series against the leaps right like i would accept people calling him the greatest goaltender ever if he could continue to knock out the Le- you know like the- he could knock the Leafs out again but i just <laughs> I don't I know mean, if do
1: it right like with um not many games left like toronto's way ahead in first and Montreal is in fourth place with six points behind number three and six points ahead of number five. So that looks like your one in four matchup. So yeah,
0: that could
1: be, that could be fun.
0: I mean, I love when Toronto, like, Dies in the first round. It's hilarious. It's like an annual tradition. I don't. What love if?
1: Enough. What if they? What if they emerge from the north like after the first two rounds of the playoffs and they get Boston? And what would like effectively the conference semifinals or conference? Yeah, semifinals. that's
3: funnier. That's funnier. And, and then, so then you for Toronto that that because that. Boston losing to St. Louis is unforgivable.
2: Yeah, St. Louis is okay. not making the playoffs this year. No,
3: I'm talking about in 2019 though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, I can never root for Boston ever again.
1: No. Um,
0: I don't want. Um, like if that happens, if it if it's that means one of Toronto or Boston has to be in the finals, and I don't want either one of those teams in the final.
1: That's good. Um,
0: That's cool. I'm put, I, put, No, thank you.
3: I'm putting in my future bid for that Brandon Saad, Con Smythe baby. <laughs> That's gonna uh-huh. piss a lot of people off.
0: I am um, like um, not.
1: I'm not ready for that.
0: that no, I,
2: I. I also. I also don't think Colorado's making it past
0: Vegas. Oh, I of course think, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends what Vegas, I, I think Vegas yeah. is very good, but man, I don't know. It depends on the goalies because again, Colorado's goalies aren't great, and Vegas's are. And
1: In Colorado yeah. had that stretch of like eight, nine games where they were just like video game on rookie numbers, like just destroying teams.
3: That Cadre sideline is a real playoff line, so it's just going to be interesting to see them against a real team like Vegas. Like, it'll be fun. Like, in a playoff series, I mean, in seven.
0: I'll also say, like, the Hawks are playing, like, the Panthers and the Canes, and specifically the Canes, I actually want them to come in first in our division, so I'm also like, should I root? I want the Hawks to win, but I also don't want Tampa to be able to just run through Nashville or Dallas really easily. I want... Tampa and Florida had to have to play in the first round um if Tampa gets knocked out, that'd be great because I don't want them to repeat um and I just want Carolina to like get a better shot I want like they're the team I want to come out of this our division if I can't have the canes or if I can't have the hawks, I want the canes
2: well I you, you, you know you're you you're ready for the lightning to just go super saiyan and have stamkos and kucherov healthy again right
0: look i'm trying
3: um, (laughs) he's trying to will them out of it
0: (laughs) i'm trying to be like please don't like i'm i'm trying every jinx in the book i want the canes to do well i love i love that little team i
3: I like the canes too the only good thing about tampa winning would be to see how drunk john cooper gets at the parade (laughs) he'd be like wearing a leopard speedo and smoking a cigar on a boat and for the Lightning to have a parade that isn't a super spreader event. I mean, Tampa's had enough in the last 12 months, haven't they? Between going to the World Series, winning the Super Bowl, and winning a Stanley Cup. Like, enough.
1: Yeah. I yeah,
0: let the jerks win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all I, I mean, we'll have plenty of time to talk about teams that aren't the Blackhawks because yeah. that's going to happen in two weeks. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, give me Carolina all day. Come on.
3: Yeah. They're fun.
1: Yeah, they're they're fun. They're fun. I, I really like their coach, all their players. Um,
3: Agreed. Yeah. Tavo.
1: Yeah, and Hart. Yeah, we could we could I was going to – that's the obvious, but yeah. Um also right.
3: fuck you Mike Hardman for taking <laughs> Tavo's number. Uh I think that
1: I think that's a good place to put a pin in all the hockey conversation for this podcast and it's yep. uh, time to get to the food take and it's my turn this week. And before I get to my food take, I want to quickly just let everyone know I I channeled my inner mill today and decided it was around lunchtime. Like you know what, I'm going to make some myself some pancakes for lunch. And I had yes, them.
3: let's go. Oh
1: man, some i there were f- blueberries on sale at the grocery store. You mix in some blueberry with the batter, and it's just chef's kiss. So Good uh, shit. So yeah, so that's great. Um, but my food take for the day and um. I'm, I'm I'm trying to word this properly because I, I'm, I'm nowhere near Italian, so I don't want to offend anybody that's really passionate about Italian food, but um, if you have your pasta with white sauce, get the fuck out of here. Red sauce all day for pasta. Like fettuccine alfredo, no thank you.
3: Yeah, me and my acid drink. reflux are with you on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess the take is just red sauce all day for pasta.
2: But chicken carbonara, though.
1: Chicken carbonara, no. <laughs> no, yes.
3: I like, I like my eggplant Parmesan, so I got to agree with you, Dave.
1: I'm just, I'm, I'm team red sauce, yeah. It's just any, any pasta that, that that I've had with white sauce, and maybe it's just bad pasta, but I just, I, I don't know. If I, have, like, you just put any type of noodle in front of me, the sauce on top of it better be red or I don't want it.
3: I mean, unless it's mac and cheese. Is that really yes. pasta? Cheese and sauce, yeah. I
2: mean, hey, <laughs>
0: yes, macaroni
2: is a pasta.
3: Yes, <laughs> but
0: is cheese a sauce? <laughs> uh,
2: yes, I mean, there's a lot, of, like, a lot of places called there's yeah a lot of a lot of places call their cheese fries like cheese with a uh, cheese sauce on the side.
0: Yeah, and my mom makes a macaroni that actually has like a like she makes like a cream sauce that goes with it. So
1: I don't I don't think cheese like you can make a cheese sauce, but I don't think yes. cheese itself is a sauce. Even if you like melted, oh! Not, now we're on another take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All right. yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, like cheese is not a sauce. Ah,
2: would you? You wouldn't consider like the the stadium nachos cheese? That's a sauce.
1: No, it's just nacho cheese. Like I, mm. I, I, it's just cheese in a less malleable form or more malleable.
3: Go to chips and order loaded a fries
1: and ask
2: them. <laughs> define a sauce.
1: I, it's it's less about what a sauce is, and then like cheese is a it's a dairy product.
2: I dairy guess you're right, saying you didn't.
1: But make a ranch
2: it. can be, ranch is a sauce, and that's a dairy product. Sour cream is arguably a sauce. And that's a dairy sour product. cream is not a sauce. Sour cream
1: is sour cream. How sour is cream a
2: ranch is a sauce? sauce? Ranch is dress- ranch is va- dressing. Ranch- guessing, yeah, <laughs> dressing dressings and sauces are the sour- All dressings are sauces, but not <laughs> all, all sauces are sauce. dressings. <laughs> Hot sauce. <laughs> yes, these are liquids that you put on top of things. No, Sour no, cream is that, one of those, and
1: ranch is my, another one. It's still there's still like a little bit of solidity to it. But. Water
2: sauce. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is water <laughs> sauce? Find that. It's it's you make it out of snow. Oh my god. Or ice. I guess
0: let I guess technically Shepherd's right because a sauce is just a thick liquid served with food, but I don't consider dressings to be liquid except for maybe like
1: but they are <laughs> like a really thin barbecue sauce like
3: is, is gravy a sauce <laughs> yes
2: I, the more you know gravy's gravy,
3: <laughs> gravy like, I I is a like sauce. Like, gravy gravy is, is definitely
0: you know. a sauce
2: yeah <laughs> yeah gravy is like I, I would I would consider rivalry inarguably a sauce yeah, there's two there's like, two
3: categories there's sauce and fruit and crap <laughs> <laughs> those are two that's all all you get
0: I'm, yeah, gravy is a sauce that's made from like meat juice.
3: Our <laughs> juice is a sauce, according to Chicago party ant.
2: If our juice is a sauce, then a lot of things are sauce. I think this got off topic,
3: but I just want to yeah. say, though, Dave, I do agree with you. Like, I'm more of the red sauce person. Yeah. To your well, original point,
0: I like I like red sauces better on Italian pastas, but. Like a good like a bechamel sauce is very nice. Um, so I don't know. I I like white too. It just depends on what it is. Alfredo is not my favorite though. I do like carbonara.
2: Yeah, we got lost in the sauce, but cheese uh, <laughs> sauce is my favorite.
0: Wouldn't be the first time.
3: Lost in the sauce. <laughs> lost in the saucer. Pass. I'm
1: still I'm still on this like is cheese a sauce thing? Like that's still, <laughs> still replaying in my head. I'm like,
2: you want me to Google it? <laughs>
1: Is cheese I, don't, I
2: don't think all. So just to get this straight, I don't think all cheeses are a sauce, but there are sauce. So, there is there are cheeses that are sauce. It's but it's like it's like
1: a cheese flavored sauce.
3: But when you get like nacho cheese, it like comes either in a can or like a big pouch, and they put it in that thing, like the mish dispenser that like heats it up. So I don't know. It's a kind of like a condiment, I guess.
0: Wiki says it's a, so. Wiki says cheddar sauce. Um. Is a white based sauce and is one of the mother sauces. What the fuck? <laughs> the mo- <laughs> mother, mother sauces. Song. That's uh, a sweet
3: band name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw.
1: You guys didn't see mother sauce at the Riv playing for.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I saw them at the Metro like three years ago before they were big.
0: Mother sauces are the like uh, five French sauces that. Um, I only know this because of Top Chef, uh, they're the ones that like hollandaise is one of them, tomato, velouté is one of them, um, is one of them. I don't remember what the fifth one is, but they go with everything from, it's like one's lamb, one's beef, one's pork, one's usually duck, and then one's like things like frog legs, and those are Like, veggies, fish, meat, that kind of stuff. There's, like, five of them. And I would not consider cheese. Cheese is not one of them unless the last one is that. I don't... What is the last mother sauce?
3: Everything on Google says cheese. This is, like, queso or nacho cheese or any of that's a sauce.
1: I You know what? I I think the other thing... I don't know. The other thing I'm getting from these conversations, I feel like I need to start watching Top Chef more. more. You
0: should. I have learned so much about, like, food about that like I like I didn't know where um was it cranberries like I didn't know where cranberries came from until I watched it yeah exactly I didn't know that until they were like bogs they were like go out into the bog and get you some cranberries was like one of their challenges and then cook with it and I was like what this is finally bottom
3: chef <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be a show worth watching. It'd just be me making ramen. That'd um, <laughs> be a, a college student with it. no
1: money trying to make one package of ramen be three meals for his entire week. <laughs> for like a week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can't he get to his Friday paycheck? It's <laughs> Tuesday night.
3: Well, all the all the people who drink cranberry juice with vodka, I'm sure they're very thankful for that discovery of cranberries. Um. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I'm very pro cranberry sauce, like on Thanksgiving time, so good shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Oh, cranberry's <laughs> a sauce. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: Full circle.
1: Sure. <laughs>
3: Mediocre chef.
1: But as and cranberries that's red sauce, so it's good. It's yes, of, it's, it's it is good. red. So yes. Yeah. There it's we go. Again, a red sauce is king. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Amazing, Zon Madison. Um, thank you to Mill and Shepherd, and Betsy for hanging out. Um, you can find uh, most of us on Twitter. I- I'm at underscore Dave Melton. Mill is at Mill182. Shepherd is at Shepherd Price. Betsy is not on Twitter, but you can find all her stuff at SecondCityHockey.com under the name LBR. And the uh, main account is at 2ndcityhockey. Um Follow along there. We'll have all our content for the next two weeks uh, and the rest of the regular season. Um, Love we'll this podcast here Follow, rate, review, subscribe, do all those things um, All those usual things I say here You can just say them to yourself at this point I'm pretty sure um, But thank you very much for listening to this episode Thanks to everyone for hanging out And as always, go Hawks
2: I know who want to
1: take me home